Welcome back. Well, it's Thursday, and you are listening to yet another episode of Days of the New. Nick, how the hell are you? I'm doing good. Coming at you from uh, cloudy, windy Las Vegas. Ah, well, you got that going for you. Nick, it's been a while, man. How you been? I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's been, what, six months since we've been here? We've got a lot of messages from people uh, asking where the hell we've been, and, uh, you know, we've been... Uh, Doing our thing, you know, trying to pay the bills and shit. So, uh, yeah, indeed, because this sure shit ain't doing it. But yeah, seriously, everybody, thank you uh, for all the messages. And uh, it seems like a lot of people binge this in our off time. And uh, th- thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, especially to all of you who uh, shared our year end best of Spotify wrapped, all that stuff. It was really cool to see Days of the New in a lot of those uh, recaps. So thanks for listening. Absolutely. And I guess I should like lead with because uh, we always like put it on the telltale end after everybody's like, ah, they're doing the what are you listening to? I'm out. Rate If you like this, r- subscribe, uh, rate it. Just, you know, do all the algorithmic things that will help us get the word out so that we can keep putting out more of these. Absolutely. Uh, This is season four, believe it or not. Jesus. Season four. Before the year ends and we launch back into uh, an official season, we wanted to take a minute to uh, go over like our top whatever of the year. So a lot of people will just do their albums or this or that. And uh, we've selected a couple categories of things just to kind of talk about our best of and leave you with that before we get into a proper season in the next uh, two weeks or so. A little non-traditional, but uh, at least hopefully it'll let you know what we've been up to. And uh, yeah, we're going to come at you again uh, real soon uh, with, you know, Back to back every week, days of the new content that you come here for. So we're excited. As we get this kicked off, we will start with the most traditional of the uh, end of year lists. And I'll just ask you, Nick, what was your favorite album this year? So my favorite album of the year is Time in the Lighthouse by 84 Tigers. Uh, I've talked about them on this show Uh, Before, I think we played a clip of Kingdom of One, which was the single Mm -hmm. from this record. So let me give you a little clip and then I'll tell you about them. Awesome. Yeah. So nice. yeah. So that's eighty four tigers. Um, so it's made up of the two brothers from Small Brown Bike, and then the drummer from the Swellers. The album just kind of sort of picks up right where Small Brown Bike left off. It was written uh, during the heyday of the pandemic, and song ideas were swapped back and forth over the internet. So I've seen Small Brown Bike so many times, and like they were yeah. pretty crucial to me finding music that I really enjoyed outside of new metal when I was really young. Um, so I'm stoked that they have a project again. Unfortunately, they're uh, old like us, so like they pretty much only play <laughs> shows in Michigan because like 
they have jobs and shit, so they can't uh, they can't just tour in a van at you know forty six years old. Oh, that's the trade off for living in Lansing. Yeah, and I mean, I'm never going to Michigan again. Sorry, Michigan, but uh, <laughs> so I don't know that I'll ever get to see these guys. I I love that album as well. You turned me on to that while we were uh, recording the last season, and I mean, it's it's a solid solid album. It is one of those things I would love to see live, but again, I never want to step foot in Michigan. <laughs> Fuck that mitten. <laughs> Oh man, there there goes all five of our Michigan. Yeah, for real listeners. though, if you're from Michigan and you listen, give us a what's up because every time we meet people from Michigan, they're just the worst. <laughs> Actually, Lansing, I have a good track record with Lansing. It's mostly just fucking Detroit. Yeah, oh, fuck Detroit. What about you, Kevin? Uh, so over on my end, my album of the year is uh, Silverstein with Misery Made Me. I will be the first to admit that musically, I am a basic bitch. You know, for me, it's a verse, chorus, verse, sing, scream, two-step, breakdown, and I am good. And like, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a band who does that formula better and more consistently than Silverstein. Uh, I mean, we're talking like 22 years, they've killed it, and this album is no exception. So I'm going to play you the track Slow Motion off of Misery Made Me. It's automatic, the cycle never sleeps, the sound of sirens stuck in my head and screaming, it's like I'm So yeah, obviously I don't give a fuck about layered nuance and tone or lyricism. Like just activate that warp tour area of my brain until my lungs fill up with monster energy and I die. You know, a fun fact about that band is that they're actually called Silver Stain and it's all Mandela effect that we, uh, we just thought they were called Silver Stain. Uh, actually, uh, fun fact number two, I've never known the difference between Silverstein and Senses Fail. Uh, fun fact, my number two album of the year was uh, Hell is in Your Head by Senses Fail. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> This is this is one I thought would be interesting, especially for as much as I espouse myself uh, not being on Twitter. And holy hell, I mean, we could dedicate a whole episode to that fucking place yeah, now. No shit. But uh, I'm interested to know, Nick, what has been your favorite tweet of the year? So my favorite tweet of the year is non-traditional because generally a tweet is just like a really funny one-liner. My favorite tweet this year was a picture uh, that went pretty viral, uh, and it was a riff off of all of those like spirit Halloween costumes. And it was conservative guy afraid of cities spirit Halloween costume. <laughs> and it was just like a picture of like a 30-ish year old white guy in a nine line t-shirt. And it just says, saw that thing on the news. Too many of those people there. Can't park Ford <laughs> Super Duty. Not scared, bro. <laughs> and just, I, I love it so much because I this has been the first year of my life that like all these big bad alpha males are being like, I ain't going into those cities. <laughs> like they're fucking hellscapes. Thanks. Because Fox News has turned everybody's brain to Swiss cheese. Are you familiar with Nine Line clothing, Kevin? Uh, no, I am not. There, it's the brand that makes like Second Amendment and like Benghazi oh, shirts and all Christ. kinds of QAnon adjacent bullshit for people whose fashion inspiration is bumper stickers on a Dodge Ram in Prescott, Arizona. <laughs> 
That is highly specific and very, <laughs> very illustrative. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, their logo is like a helicopter because nine line is like a military code for like soldier down or something. Oh, Christ. Yeah. Is anyway. it all this like suck a hero's yeah, dick yeah, type grunt yeah, style, yeah. you know, yeah. black rifle coffee. Um, but nine line is also the brand where two ex employees were involved in a murder suicide. Like a 41 year old male was dating a 28 year old female that both worked there and he murdered her and then murdered himself in the parking lot of nine line. So a lot of good mental health things going on in that organization. The guy, the guy that lives across the street from me has a huge Just nine line sticker it. on the back window of his car. Uh, and yeah. now I'm going to see them everywhere in my neighborhood. Uh-huh. Oh. You will. At the grocery store. So oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, the, the, the big one around here right now is we the people are pissed off. Oh, I like that yeah, one. That's, yeah. that's like the, the lions, not sheep. And then they got like nailed in like a federal indictment last year for ripping all the made in China tags off and putting made in the USA <laughs> tags on. Fucking classic. Just grip city. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, like, and you're just like, Oh, you can turn it off and just come back next week when we actually talk about new metal. In the meantime, here's my favorite tweet of the year. <clears throat> nice 400 pound deadlift, bro. She let me hit because my meat big. That's from Radio Shack. <laughs> Radio Shack. Uh, yeah, apparently um, sold their Twitter account this year to a yeah. lunatic. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you a little bit about it what's been happening with Radio Shack. So like, as we've all been dealing with just the cumulative fallout of like the collapse of our civilization, Radio Shack has been like quietly losing its fucking mind over on its corner of the internet. This hundred year old company, which was a port of call for hobbyists across the US, has had a couple tough decades. Uh, they went bankrupt twice. And in November of 2020, Radio Shack's intellectual property and its remaining operations, which was about 400 independent authorized dealers and about 80 Hobbytown USA affiliate stores and an online sales operation. All that was purchased by a company called Retail E-Commerce Ventures out of Florida. Retail E-Commerce Ventures uh, had previously purchased defunct retailers like Pier 1 Imports, Dress Barn, Model Sporting Goods, and Linen and Things. Oh, and then also, they purchased the Franklin Mint. Nick, do you remember that? Wasn't that like commemorative plates? Yes, yes, commemorative plates and coins that uh, it was like basically you'd buy a, you know, a five-cent nickel for $20. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so th they were scooped up by uh, a company that just preys on like all of these companies of yesteryear. So uh, in 2021, Retail E-Commerce Ventures announced that they would be using part of the Radio Shack brand name on a cryptocurrency platform called Radio Shack DeFi. Perfect, because whenever anybody thinks of a blockchain, they think of like capacitors and wires and the shit that you buy at Radio Shack. <laughs> yeah, Burkets, exactly. Fucking fuses. Uh, yeah, so the Twitter account for Radio Shack was run by the chief marketing officer. I'm going to butcher this name. I'm not even going to try to say it, but his name is Abel, and then it's CZ. U P O R Zizpor is uh, sure but whatever. I'm just gonna call him by his Christian name, which is fucking asshole. <laughs> and because of him, uh, where you once would get news on model airplanes and ham radios and portable tape recorders, you now got tweets like, "You're in her DMs. 
she's using my batteries for her vibrator. We'll never be the same. Jesus. <laughs> or squirters are always nice, but it honestly looks nicer when she a creamer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, dude, it doesn't get any better. <sighs> so uh, Shaq Daddy, as the Twitter handle likes to call itself, went mysteriously dark on November 17th. I don't know if it has anything to do with FTX being caught running a grift that rivals <laughs> Bernie Madoff. But uh, yeah, this little twat bailed to his next gig. But uh, rate the Radio Shack Twitter, it it flew too close to the sun. But for a moment in, in 2022, it was a beautiful thing. Do you remember going to Radio Shack when you were a little like, junior high you're at the mall looking for what you might want for christmas and you're like hell yeah radio shack and you go in there's just like a bunch of bullshit robots and you're like this place sucks <laughs> yeah dude i mean it was uh it, it was just like for hobbyists it was just it was the type of place that like john wayne gacy would hang out because he really likes building model propellers <laughs> <laughs> and boys Ew. so uh Radio Shack, it, it, died, it died a very quick and embarrassing death. An analog product in a digital age. Nick, what's your biggest disappointment of 2022? You ready for a spicy one? Hit me. Furnace Fest VIP for 2022. Ooh, I almost did that, but please come off the top rope. So I imagine some of the people listening to the show are Furnace Fest attendees. Um, we've had Furnace Fest legend hardcore hotline on this show before. So Furnace Fest 2021 was like everybody's like step out of COVID and like our first festival. And it was just the greatest experience, like breathing life into everybody. It was so good. Mm -hmm. And then we went back this year and it just wasn't. Sucked. It just wasn't. It was real expensive. Um, we paid for VIP, which promised us like a certain amount of drink tickets and snacks and blah, blah, blah. I think it said food. I don't even know if it just said snacks, but we it got said there and water. Like, yeah, there was no water. They had um like a trough that you could fill like well water out of, but uh you wanted a you wanted a water, that's gonna be a liquid death, and that's gonna be uh six bucks or whatever it was. Uh so whatever. I mean, I I can I can buy a six dollar water, but like I paid the VIP so I could drink. 10 waters a day and not really worry about it. They had a, a never ending supply of donuts though. So that was good. <laughs> so many, we ate so many donuts. I didn't shit right for a week. Yeah, they charged, uh, they charged a lot of people for this taco bar that uh, ran out every day um, and sat out every day without wow. like heat source underneath it. Uh, it was all in all just real grifty. Um, they took a lot of endorsement money and like they did put some amazing bands on the stage, but the lineup certainly wasn't as epic as it was the year before. Yeah. It just, uh, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't what I wanted it to be this year. It was a big disappointment. And, uh, you know, that might be my last furnace fest. I'm probably yeah. at least taking next year off. Yeah. I I'm taking, I'm taking next year off for sure. I mean, the sound by and large sucked on the main stages. Uh, there was just a lot of technical problems. Uh, the attendance wasn't as great as it should be. It, it hit peak festival. Nick, there was a guy in a banana costume. Yep, there, there was his now. Uh, I have a theory. If you're at a festival and there is a guy in a banana costume, that festival is done. Yeah, it's not, it's not limited to festivals anymore my concert of the year as we get into that there was a man in a banana suit if you see the guy in the banana suit know that whatever you're into its days are numbered all right so uh, on my end my biggest disappointment is uh turns out i'm the type of dude who dresses up his dog and uh i hate myself yeah you're my biggest disappointment now yeah bought one sweater for my dog and now i own 
four sweaters for my dog. Oh, wow. Does your, your dog needs a fresh sweater every day? Got to do logic for your dog a lot. It's more about like the mood that day. Is he sporty? Is he feeling kind of like, you know, beachy? Does he have winter vibes? Well, Kevin, um, you might as well get you your dog a banana costume because he's fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a great idea. So uh, we, we're having like hella coyote season in Las Vegas. It's called like displacement season where like the pups like that are reaching maturity, like leave and like go off into their own. Mm-hmm. So like there's a lot of empty land between where my girlfriend lives and um, the like one of the major highways here in Las Vegas. And uh, I saw a coyote cross the road and then we hear them screaming all the time. So we have <laughs> ordered a coyote vest for our dog which is a Kevlar-ish vest with giant plastic spikes all over it. Uh, oh, so. my God. Like those like those 18-wheelers uh, that have the little spikes so yeah, you don't get near because, them? Because coyotes can, like, the, the property is surrounded by, like, six-foot walls, but a coyote can hop that easy. So, like, the, our dog is uh, the sweetest thing ever, and she's a big scaredy cat, so she'd probably run, but, like, I don't know that she'd know she was under attack, so we have to order something so nothing can carry her away. And... Now, homeless people can't sleep on your dog. <laughs> Pigeons won't land on her. <laughs> Way to go. Yeah, no. There's no, there's no downside here. All right. So let's uh, let's look toward the future. Nick, what is your prediction for 2023? Um, that Elon Musk is fully a supervillain and is going to do nothing but supervillain things in 2023. Oh, yeah. No. With, with I believe he down. is a full-on accelerationist. He Everybody seems to forget that, like, He's he's not from America, right? So like, every uh, the right wing is embracing him all of a sudden. Like he's this like patriotic dude. Like let's not forget that he was like a uh, South African son of a wealthy emerald miner, like capitalizing <laughs> on fucking slave wages. Like yeah. Elon Musk is and always has been a piece of shit. He hasn't invented anything. He just buys shit, puts his name on it, and buys the rights. Um, he's currently actively just banning legitimate reporters' accounts on social media and like participating in chat threads with like some of the biggest anonymous, like fascist adjacent. And like Mm -hmm. yesterday he started like commenting on like Russian state accounts being like, this is a good threat. (laughs) So yeah, I think it's just the accelerationist like chaos. Like he is a chaos agent and only bad things are going to come from this. Also, like if you've thought about buying a Tesla, I I hope that you've thought Again, about not buying a Tesla. Like, there's other electric cars options out there. Just like we've seen how finicky this man is. Like, how's it going to feel if one day you're driving on the road and he flicks a switch and just bricks your Tesla, like Apple bricks your iPhone when it's <laughs> planned obsolescence? Like, are we going to just have like hundreds of thousands of Teslas in landfills in five years? Because like that could happen. His whole thing about like work hard, we're going to sleep on the floor, blah blah blah. I I fucking hate that whole attitude. Well, and no, nothing says like let's attract women to the workforce by uh, uh, having a man who has previously impregnated a, a direct report install a bunch of beds in the building. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, 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 that's that's got big uh, coal town energy. This was posted on Mastodon. It wasn't on Twitter, but it says uh, it's by at uh, Rod Hilton at mastodon.social talking about Elon. He says uh, he talked about electric cars. I don't know anything about cars. So when people said he was a genius, I figured he must be a genius. Then he talked about rockets. I don't know anything about rockets. So when people said he was a genius, I figured he must be a genius. Now he talks about software. 
I haven't known a lot about software, and Elon Musk is saying the stupidest shit I've ever heard anyone say. So when people say he's a genius, I figure I should stay the hell away from his cars and rockets. <laughs> yeah, I like what he, I like what he said. Uh, he expected to see uh, people's most salient lines of code, and they all looked at one. I was like, what yeah. the fuck does that mean? Yeah, yeah uh, fuck that guy, and nothing else to say there. Do you have a prediction for the year? I do. In 2023... Science will prove that you can actually pray away the gay, <laughs> but it has to be a blood oath to Satan. Oh, well, yeah, naturally. Well, that's going to leave, that's going to leave the Southern Baptist convention yeah, very, uh, yeah, yeah, twisted. Yeah. So what, what are you going to do there? Nick, what life lesson did you learn this year? So it's been my life lesson for the last couple of years, um, but it's just fucking go outside. Like hmm. don't don't live your whole life inside staring at a computer, watching TV. Yeah, it's it's cool that like Game of Dragons or whatever is on, and like you know we all like to watch TV. But like, go outside, go to a national park, go see something pretty, go stand on a mountain because like your fucking knees aren't going to work forever, and you know, <laughs> fucking Netflix ain't going anywhere. Like, go outside, drink some water, and go outside. That's uh, that's that's good advice. Here's mine. When drinking liquor on the couch, <laughs> uh, <laughs> get up every once in a while and stretch your legs. Just uh, do a few laps around the house and take stock of how you're feeling because you're probably very drunk and have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, I was playing uh, MLB The Show on my PlayStation and then I was like, oh, I'm a little too drunk to swing, but I don't want to quit drinking. So I'm going to flip over to King of the Hill. So I'm watching a bunch of episodes of King of the Hill, and then I was like, oh, I should probably go to bed. And I stood up and immediately fucking fell on a fucking <laughs> coffee table and landed on this like metal candlestick holder on my back. I had to explain that one to my girlfriend. What's up? What's this? Well, honey. So, uh, yeah, just maybe uh, every other drink, just stand up, take a lap around the living room, <laughs> see how you feel. Yeah, I've learned uh, I'm no longer allowed to just like put a bottle on the table. I have to make like get up and make myself a drink because otherwise I'm like sip, pour, yep. <laughs> sip, pour, and now I have no idea how far I've gone. But uh, you know, on a Wednesday, it's usually a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Oof. So uh, that that was my big life lesson. Um, last one I have on my list is what was the best live show you saw this year? So I thought about this one a lot, and I have a couple of components. Um, the best live show I saw this year, it's almost a meme at this point, but it was Turnstile at Brooklyn Bowl Las Vegas. They're just, I think, I think they have the current title of like best live band on the planet. Like they don't miss. They sound like the recording. Dude never hits a bad note. It was at from when we were young. Somebody posted a video of uh, Taking Back Sunday, and it was like, uh, man, I wish I didn't wait this long to see Taking Back Sunday. And it's Adam Lazar just way the fuck out of key. And I wanted to be like, oh, no, he was like that 20 years ago, too. <laughs> like, he just can't sing the shit that's on the record. But Turnstile, like, dude hits every single note. Um, they're all over the stage, tons of energy, like, so fun, just the tightest band. And then they brought out uh, Snail Mail and Spelling, that's Spelling with three L's, which is kind of like a R&B, witchy kind of thing. And then Snail Mail, Snail Mail is like... Uh, bedroom fuzz pop female fronted so it was like a really disjointed set like they brought out bands that weren't 
hardcore adjacent. So it's kind of cool. Um, I mean, their next tour is in an arena with Blink-182, so I think that that's going to fail to capture the magic. So if you have the opportunity to see Turnstile in a smaller venue, it is quite an experience. Uh, I was one of the older people there, called in a favor and was able to get like a elevated standing room so i didn't have to be like in the middle of the floor but like just to see every kid in the room knew all the words and like to see a band like turnstile that you know they kind of just broke like they've been around for a while people have known who they were but with glow on like that's an album that the lyrics are all about like well this is my last shot at this i mean the lead singer at turnstile is 35 you know it's, yeah. so to see a bunch of like 17 year olds going ape shit for it was pretty cool yeah, that's awesome. And uh, am I to understand there was a kid in a banana suit there? There was. There was a kid in a banana suit right up front. Yeah. Go see but, Turnstile as soon as you can. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, just so, I'm, you know, we this is a new metal show and we haven't talked about new metal yet. The best new metal band I saw live this year was definitely Wargasm. I saw oh, yeah. them open up for Limp Biscuit with Dying Wish, who is also fun. Uh, it was awesome. Tons of energy just super fun. They don't take themselves too seriously. They know what, what they're doing is goofy and they fully embrace it, but they're also super talented and uh, they were great. Limp Biscuit was bad though. Um, oh, you know, I've, I've heard all these stories that. about you telling me like, Oh no, we went to Biscuit and it was so fun. It was brutal. Their fans were so bad. It was like their, their Limp Biscuit crowd was like the kids that would call me uh, an anti-gay slur for listening to Limp Biscuit in 1996. <laughs> like, right. It was brutal, dude. It was just like big fat jocks. <laughs> oh, we left. We left after like four songs. My girlfriend was like, "Can we go?" And I was like, yeah, "Absolutely." <laughs> the best live show that I saw, um, it came at a bit of a cost. So in North Carolina, there there was uh, a man named uh, John Rivera, and I met John at one of the first punk shows I ever attended uh, back in the nineties. And since then, John has been a staple of the North Carolina hardcore and punk scene. He was such a force for good. He was, he was a very kind dude, but he was also a take no shit kind of guy. He was the guy who like would call out fucking predators in the scene and like would not back down. Uh, he was the type of person who walked the walk. Unfortunately, uh, he was also uh, had a lot of health problems. And uh, this year he passed away. He left behind a wife and a daughter. All that said, North Carolina showed up for this guy. So for those of you who may not know, the foundation of North Carolina hardcore was Prayer for Cleansing and Undying. Now, Prayer for Cleansing would go on after they broke up to become what is now Between the Barry to Me. But this was the original like genesis of of that kind of sound. Uh they were the first to kind of blend hardcore with like black metal vibes. It was it was incredible. And a lot of it was uh it their singer was like super super pro IRA and like all of their <laughs> oh, all random. of their songs are like about like killing the queen and like you know like right, <laughs> and, no uh, to the yeah to the point where like in the original CD booklet it said like the opinions expressed in these lyrics are those of Dave Anthem only because he was like staunchly IRA. Uh, Undying, they were on Goodfellow Records, or I'm sorry, maybe Good Life Records. Uh, their singer actually left because he had contracted throat cancer, which he eventually overcame. He came back for the first time in like 22 years. Uh, for the first time since 99, this lineup of Prayer for Cleansing was there. And then you had Code 7, an incredible North Carolina band, 
had their original lineup playing in its entirety their hardcore album, Division of Labor. You had Azazel, who was a North Carolina metal band. Uh, some of their members had moved to Germany, and they came back to play in this. Uh, Catharsis, a great uh, anarchist punk band from uh, Greensboro, they came, and it was this magical fucking moment where I just remember like looking at uh, looking at my friend Will and being like, only John could have pulled off a show like this. And I just wish he would have been there to see it because one of the best shows I've ever been to in my life. Rest in power, buddy. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. So as you can probably tell, we are shaking off the cobwebs. We will be back very shortly with our first proper episode of the season. Should we tell them what we're covering? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We are going to be kicking off season four with one of the shining stars of new metal. (laughs) You mean the shining stars of new metal's brother? (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) Edema. We're going to be doing edema by edema. So uh, please show up for that. We're back, bitches. We're back. Yeah.